Spring is in the air. The azaleas are blooming. It's 78 in Athens today, and you know what that means. Spring practice. Kids, it's the Dogcast, episode number 380. Derek and Old Dog back in the bunker. It's springtime. Old Dog, the flowers are coming out. It's supposed to be like 78 degrees today. Masters is a week away. The Masters is a week away. You came out of your hole, didn't see your shadow, so I guess it's time for spring practice, right? Exactly. Well... I tell you what, you know, we're about eight practices in, and, uh, you know, it's been a very interesting spring. Lots of, uh, lots of stuff going on. We haven't done a show since signing day, since our reverse recruiting show, but we have been covering practice, and we have been watching things, and I thought it was a good time for us to kind of come out with just a little wrap of, of what we've seen so far, you know? Exactly, but before we do that, I just want to say, just, just compliment the players. I believe this is the the first spring that I can remember that after spring break nobody failed a drug test. Yeah. I mean we didn't hear we didn't hear a single word about drug failures of any kind. And nope. I don't know if because they finally wised up and didn't test the kids when they came back <laughs> or yes. you know what the deal was. But whatever whatever it was Kudos to everybody involved that it appears that nobody, uh, nobody ate marijuana brownies, uh, stumbled into a car where people were smoking dope and didn't know it, you know, and breathed some in or anything like that. You know, went into the wrong hotel room and reached into the wrong medicine cabinet and took the wrong pills. Yeah, I thought they were aspirin. Apparently it was ecstasy. I, I don't know, you know. Um so anyway, uh, yeah, we had a good spring. We and we had no felony baby touching. We had no wrong way alleys. Uh, you know, in fact, the biggest news, the biggest crime news out of the Georgia program, in concerns a, a former player, right? Yes. Who has moved on to another highly respected D1 program, just trying to do the right things for the children, right? It's all for the kids. Just trying to give the kids a second chance. You know, that's, that's, our, only, that's our, our only concern is just giving a young man a second chance. That's right. To, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on the limb, and, and I don't know the – I'll predict that Jonathan Taylor will end up at Ohio State. <laughs> no, 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 dude. Come on now. <laughs> Not going to Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State is a potential candidate because it is it is widely. I mean, it's it's well known that Urban Meyer likes a likes a guy. I mean, that he, Jonathan Taylor is Urban Meyer's kind of guy. I mean, his techniques, his strategies. That's got to be on Urban Meyer's radar screen. But absolutely. But I got to tell you, 
Don't, don't count out Auburn, my friend. No, exactly, because both of those schools like a player with some edge. And I guess <laughs> they figure if he will hit and strangle his girlfriend, no telling what he'll do to an opposing player. And if he will hit and strangle a new girl while he's awaiting arraignment and indictment <laughs> for the old girl, that guy is committed to his craft. I mean, yes, there's no is. doubt about it. And I would be down with your Ohio State theory if it weren't for the Auburn, I mean, the Alabama angle, right? Auburn is not going to be able to resist a former Alabama player. I mean, granted, he's only been on campus, I don't know, what, 60 days or something, but, but hey, I believe Auburn has got to be in the lead. Uh, yeah, probably so. Now, I'll tell you guys, I know we're horrible, horrible human beings for making light of this. This is serious business. I'm not really making fun of what he did, but I am kind of making fun of the programs that uh, picked this kid up. You know what I mean? And, and just Taylor making is, fun of Jonathan Taylor's stupidity. And Jonathan Taylor's stupidity, yeah. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's a truly horrible person doing horrible things. Uh, that, there's no doubt about that. But I do find it I – just, I just find it – Interesting, the the high horse angle that Saban and Meyer and and Gus Malzahn and those kind of guys will take, and they love to kick Coach Rick when he's down, you know, and all oh, he's world's greatest Sunday school teacher. Hell, we do the same thing sometimes, but sometimes, sometimes Coach Rick is right, you know. What I, mean? <laughs> I mean, just sometimes when we cut a player, it was the right thing to do, no doubt about it. But, Old Dog, let's talk about the players that are still on the team. Because it has been a, um, it's been a great offseason and a great spring practice so far. Um, the very first thing I wanted, I mean, you know, we've been uh, and seeing and talking to some players. Let's talk about offseason conditioning, because that is something that we have been beating the drum a lot. And, uh, you know, every I mean, you year, talk about folks that were way ahead of the curve on that. Years. It's got to be ahead. me and you. But here's the thing. I mean, every every spring, you know, you have this, oh, my gosh, we're in so much better shape. Uh, well, th- for the past two or three years, since uh, Van Hallinger left and we started to get serious about our off-season conditioning and not just it be like a poster on a wall with a, with a clipboard, sign your name here if you worked out today. Right. Um, since we put that aside as our off-season conditioning program, every season, every spring, they talk about being in better shape, you know? But I think every year it gains a little more legitimacy and a little more, you know, a little more, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know what the word is, but Jordan Jenkins says, you know, Jordan Jenkins is the poster boy for off-season conditioning. And he's talking about how much his endurance has increased, how much strength and muscle he's put on, while at the same time increasing his speed and his endurance where he thinks it's going to pay off in the fourth quarter. What are you seeing, man, out of the off-season conditioning? And do you think this is really a really new thing for us? Well, I, I do. And I think probably the biggest thing that we got, and as much as – we like the Tereshinskis and everything else. I do think it was probably time that, and probably the only thing that was going to change the culture there was to bring in just brand new blood and have a totally different way 
of doing it. I mean, I remember, what, two years ago or so, I think we even posted a YouTube video of the of the guy that our strength and conditioning coach worked for there in Alabama. Yeah. You know, he was like a little drill sergeant. Right, right, and, right. And, I mean, that I think is uh, – that's probably the biggest thing, that we needed we needed a culture change in the way in the strength and conditioning program and we finally got it and it appears that it is going to pay tremendous dividends i agree i mean cleaning house as much as we love a huge fan of joe tereshinsky don't get me wrong that guy's awesome he's a legend but clean on something like strength and conditioning a full complete cleaning house i think really helped us from the top down And I I do think that's helped us, and I do think it's going to pay dividends this year. And those games, those LSU games and those Alabama games in December, you know the games I'm talking about. Those kind of games, when you got to be good, when you got to be at your best, coming out of the half, going into the fourth quarter. Hopefully, we are going to be where we need to be uh, going forward with this new program. You know. Well, and and not just that, but also have the strength. And the well, it boils down to strength. To you know, let's hit a running back and drive him backwards. Sure. I mean, you know, the days of you know us grabbing onto some guy and then being drugged down the field for two or three yards because that guy is just stronger than we are, I think, are over. I hope so. And you know, you talk about tackling technique and stuff like that. Well, that naturally leads us into coaching. Coaching changes. And uh, we do have a few new coaches on the field over at Woodruff um, this spring. Uh, guys like Keelan Johnson and Thomas Brown. Uh, on the, uh, Keelan Johnson on defense, coaching the secondary. Thomas Brown coaching the offense. What have you seen out of those guys? Well, I mean, Keelan Johnson really seems to be, to be high energy. And, you know, I think he, he relates to the players real well and I think he's going to be a real asset and Thomas Brown you know it's good to have a dog back in the fold uh he has he has proven himself everywhere he has been Uh, he has really turned into a heck of a coach and I think between him and McClendon moving back over to receiver spot I mean I think the moves we have made have been very very good in in that respect yeah, and I we'll think see that, what we'll see what Schottenheimer brings to the uh, brings to the table. I, I do think, and in, in looking at the chemistry on the field, you know, and the way those guys are working together, I think Thomas Brown and McClendon are going to be a better fit than Tony Ball and McClendon were. Not not to say that those guys weren't great, but I think moving McClendon back, like you said, and bringing Thomas Brown in, who brings a ton of credibility too. I mean, the credibility he brings to the running back position and running back coach in on that field in this stadium in this league is um really gets the kids attention you know oh no doubt and it's talking about and and so you can't talk about thomas brown and not talk about running backs so uh you know nick chubb nick chubb is still the man did you see the videos uh, you know, you were talking about what people do on spring break, you know, accidentally eating pop brownies and accidentally getting in a car where a lot of guys are smoking marijuana. Did you see what um, Nick Chubb did for spring break? That dude went back home to uh, West Georgia 
and drug a sled, man. He, he worked a whole week at spring break with his high school coach and some former players from his high school team dragging sleds, running drills, doing squats. That guy, that guy is committed. And, that, and he is the man in Athens, I think, by a large margin. How long do you think it's going to be, old dog, before he completely eclipses Todd Gurley? I mean, in some ways, in some ways he already has a little bit, right? This season was super impressive. But, well, I mean, and, and you, really, everybody was it, still thinking about Gurley. How long until people and really are not thinking season. about Gurley? You know, I mean, when you look at Chubb, it was really half the season. Oh, yeah, seven too. starts. You know, I mean, just, you know, absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, the hope is, you know, that, that he can keep it up, which I think he can. Yeah. Um, you know, we used to say it about Herschel. Uh, you know, you get a back like that once in a generation. And sure. not to say that, that Gurley didn't have – the talent, Gurley may have probably been the second most talented back we've ever had at Georgia, but Gurley's problem was he couldn't stay healthy. Sure. You know, I mean, it was an ankle or this or that. I mean, you know, and nothing against him, and I hope he goes along and has a great pro career. And it would have been great to see what he could have done if, and all the autograph stuff aside, if he could have just been healthy and played complete seasons. Sure. At 100%. And speaking of guys who are healthy, I mean, look at Keith Marshall. I mean, he's having a great spring. I mean, you know, he has – he came in 100% and was ready to go. But the question is, I mean, can he stay healthy? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you know, word is that he tweaked his hamstring. Right. He's not even healthy now, right? And, you know, that's going to put him out. And, you know, we know, you know, hamstring injuries, that's one of those things that just seem to linger forever. Yeah. And same thing, as, and I really like Sony Michelle, but Sony Michelle dealing with this shoulder injury, and I'll tell you, it, you know, every spring, old dog, there's a player or several players that are these kind of like these new names, and people are getting excited, and they guys are making moves and stuff like that. Uh, one of those guys, AJ Terman. AJ Terman is built like a fire hydrant, dude. He does not look like he is made of glass. He doesn't look like he's fragile. That dude is he he looks badass. And he's starting to look a little more comfortable in practice as well. Um I think AJ Terman is going to be ready to make a move. And I think there's going to be an opportunity for him too. Well, I think so. And you know, again, Chubb has appeared to be durable also. I mean, doesn't, doesn't, he, he does not shy away from uh, toting the rock, and I haven't seen him raising his hand a whole lot, you know, to come out of the ball game. Right, right. Well, so we know where we're at on, uh, we know where we're at on running back. I mean, Nick Chubb is the man, and he is the man by a wide gap. But what do you think about wide receiver, man? I mean, wide receiver – at receiver this year, I think uh, we've got work to do there. You know what I mean? That might be one of our biggest areas of concern on offense because i tell you, the offensive line is coming around. It, it appears to be, and, you know, hopefully, and I think it will, I think probably the offensive line will be one of the strengths that um, yeah. we have this year. And, 
you know, maybe we should go back a little bit. Maybe Schottenheimer will bring this in. But but I would like the fact that our our lack of wide receivers really doesn't matter. Because if you've got a great offensive <laughs> wow. line and you've got probably the best running back in the country, sure. he needs to throw the down ball. See, I should. I know. Why? Why would I throw you the wide receiver question? You know, I, I mean, I'm who, sorry, you know, I'm why, sorry, Dogcast listeners. Um, why? Why would you risk? Why would you <laughs> risk putting the ball in the air? Well, I've got it. I've got a. I've got a secret name for you. I mean, not really a secret, but uh, you know, we've got Malcolm Mitchell. He's our number one option. And I'll tell you, Isaiah McKenzie has been doing really good at wide receiver this spring. Um, you've got new kids coming in like Terry Godwin. Terry Godwin looks like he might be and might be ready to start. But um, I'll tell you something else. This kid, Charlie, Charlie Hedges. Have you seen that kid is fast, man. He's fast and he's got good hands. He's a real possession type receiver. He's kind of sneaky. This kid, Charlie Hedges, might be the dark horse at receiver this year. You know, Jacob Park is talking about him like he's the second coming of, I, I don't know who, man. The second coming, I don't know if he's Fred Bolitnikoff or uh, or Randy Moss, but the <laughs> Jacob Park talks like he's, you know, hands like glue jumping out of the stadium. He's faster than Michael Bennett with better hands. Dude, you start talking about crazy stuff like that, that I'm I'm kind of excited about that. I know you never want to throw a pass. But, hey, we might have to throw a pass at some point. Well, occasionally you do. Yeah, and, you or know. pretend to throw a pass, right? Exactly. <laughs> and you mentioned offensive line. I think offensive line, you got Isaiah Wynn. He's going to start at center. I think there's little doubt that Isaiah Wynn is the man at center. And, uh, I mean, I think, you know, we were worried about David Andrews graduating. Still a little worried about it. But Isaiah Wynn looks like he's ready to step in, and he – he gets it. He's been in the program. Rob Sale loves him, and uh, I think uh, we. I think we're going to be okay at offensive line. I is. I, I think we are too. And I mean, I that again. That's where you win and lose our ball games. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially with the kind of offense we look to have this year. Young quarterback, stud running back. We need an offense, an offensive line that's pretty awesome. All right, so what about the uh, defensive side of the ball, man? Let's talk defense. Uh, I know you love a, I know you love a good defense. Coach Pruitt's been working hard. Um, what have you seen out there, man? What are you well, thinking? Well, I mean, it, you know, it, it goes down to a couple things. I think, obviously, probably the strength of the defense is going to be in the middle, uh, in middle vibes, linebackers. I'm not saying middle linebackers, but you know you got your you got your defensive line, you got your linebackers, and you got your DBs. So the middle, the linebackers is going to be our strength. I think we're going to be improved on the defensive line, and you know DBs they they got better last year as the year progressed, and hopefully that will continue. But yeah. that, again, is probably going to be the weakness of the defense, again, is the DBs. But, of course, linebacker play and defensive line play can make those guys look a whole lot better. Um, Lorenzo Carter, just, you know, unreal so far. I yeah. mean, just the, the conditioning he, he's in. If he doesn't go on to the NFL, the way he looks, he could have a great career in the WWE. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm telling you what, man. He he's got that whole damn uh, damn near like a Bill Goldberg look going on, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. And I tell you, you know, in a way of thinking, I think Lorenzo Carter is to uh, Leonard Floyd what uh, Nick Chubb might be to um, Todd Gurley. You know, I mean, I like Leonard Floyd a lot. Everybody loves Leonard Floyd, and he's awesome. And I think Pruitt's main thing is going to be trying to figure out how to get Carter, Floyd, and Jenkins on the field at the same time. But Floyd having problems with the injuries, you know what I mean? Kind of like the Todd Gurley thing. Lorenzo Carter is more like Nick Chubb. The, the guy is a machine, man. And he hasn't really shown himself to be uh, an injury prone, you know, which I think over a long season in the SEC is going to help. So, I mean, oh, Carter. Exactly on that. And, you know, along with Floyd, and again, the coaching is going to come along. But tremendous, tremendous athleticism, but not the most fundamentally sound player that we have. No. I mean, Carter and, jo- and Jenkins are practicing, getting better, getting bigger, while Floyd is watching. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and Floyd needs to not be watching. I mean, he's, you know, like you said, he's just kind of undisciplined and gangly. He's a terror physically when he's out there, you know. But uh, I think he's got, some, he's got some work to do, man. Um, a couple of new guys, Jonathan Ledbetter and uh, Patrick, looking really good, man. I think those guys are looking good. They've been doing really, really well uh, picking up the system and really playing hard, you know, out there during practices so far this spring. I think they're going to be able to contribute. And how about this kid, our feel-good story of the year, man? How about this kid out of UAB? Yeah. What do you think about that kid? I think he is going to be a real asset to the team. Uh, you know, he brings he brings playing experience with him. He is, you know, he he's a David Pollock type. You yeah, know, his motor never stops. Flying to the ball, man. Yeah, and leading tackler for UAB last year, which I know that you might you might poo poo that, but this kid knows how to read a play. He knows how to read the ball. And that do because UAB played some big teams. Just because UAB wasn't a big team, you know, they're one of these filler. They, they did a lot of filler work on the schedule, dude. Jake Gaines can make a freaking tackle, buddy. I'm telling you what, they got yeah. a damn ball player, man. He's a freaking ball player. And how do you not just love this kid and love his story? You know, the, the freaking homecoming, coming back to Georgia. You know, you saw, did you see the quote where he's talking about our facilities and stuff, like our locker room versus UAB's locker room? He's like, dude, we got like cinder blocks and padlocks, and then Georgia has freaking facial recognition scanners and stuff <laughs> to, just to get in the damn bathroom. You got you to gotta do a fingerprint and a facial recognition. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's crazy, man. It, it, kid's a great kid. He's got a great attitude really just happy to be there and contribute i i really am excited about this kid jake Gaines. yeah i think he's gonna if i think he will probably be a starter for us but you know it seems in pruitt's offense too being a starter doesn't you know isn't all that big a deal because a lot of people are going to get a lot of playing time and i think this is a kid that's going to see the field a lot right and you mentioned uh, defensive backs. I mean, we got Keelan Johnson coaching those guys, but Coach Pruitt also just laying into the defensive backs. If there is one group of players that Coach Pruitt's watching more and instructing more, 
uh, it's the defensive backs, you know. I mean, he he's fantastic on the field. The guy has a ton of intensity. I'm telling you guys, if you haven't seen Coach Pruitt in practice, the kind of guy, the kind of people that listen to the Dogcast, Coach Pruitt is your kind of coach. I'm just I'm telling you, man. Coach Pruitt is your kind of coach. The things he says in practice are amazing. You know, I mean, <laughs> um, old dog. Uh, what else do you have to say, man? What what can you say about Coach Pruitt? Oh, I mean, I think, again, he's a guy that's brought, you know, new life, you know, to us. And, yeah. you know, obviously we needed somebody on – well, we needed a whole new defensive philosophy from what we had. Sure. Um, and, you know, I, I hope he can get us playing to the level we did when Van Gorder was around, and I think he will. Dude, I saw the other day he started yelling at Jarvis Wilson, who's uh, one of these young, new uh, defensive backs. He was yelling – this kid screwing up a drill, had his footwork wrong, and he's on his heels. Coach Pruitt stopped the, stopped the practice and, and pointed. He goes, Wilson, do you know who Nick Chubb is? And the kid nods, and he goes, let me tell you something. Nick Chubb's going to run in your damn mouth and come out your asshole if you don't get your – if you don't get your feet right, dude, that is the quote of the spring, man. He's going to run in your mouth and come out your butthole if you don't get your shit together. I love that quote, dude. I love Coach Pruitt. I love the way he motivates our players and gets in their head. They respect him. He's on the field. He's instructing. I'm telling you, he really – I know this is going to be heavy for you, but, yeah – echoes of Van Gorder and all that kind of stuff, but I'm telling you, the way he is involved at the ground level with the players really reminds me of another defensive coordinator we had back in the 80s who was really great. The kind of guy who would headbutt a player. Um, Coach oh, I Pruitt. thought you were going to talk about Bill Lewis. <laughs> Well played, but uh, no, Coach Pruitt is—he's—he's uh, he's just he's the real deal, man. I'm telling well, you what, and, and I mean, I think one of the biggest things we can take along those lines, and you know, we talked about it a little bit and we joked about it a little bit, but I do think there's an attitude change that Pruitt and the new staff has brought in because you're possibly your best player. What does he do on spring break? He goes home and works even harder on his own. Yeah. No, no, no foolishness, no idiots out there thinking, you know, hey, I can smoke a little dope and not get caught or, you know, who cares about the first two games? You know, well, I'm going to go ahead and have some fun now. It, is, it, yeah. seems, it seems like there is a dedication from these guys that they – they want to win, and it does seem like there is an attitude change that we're we're not the lovable screw ups that we have been in the past. You well, know, and, and, the best thing is, dude, it's so clear when you watch practice. It is so clear that Trigger Trey and Shaq Wiggins wasn't never going to make it here. Shaq Wiggins and Trey Matthews never had a chance in Coach Pruitt's system. Never had a chance, brother. Because like you said, the lovable screw-up, you know, I just like to be pranking on my, you know, dude, 
Shaq Wiggins had no chance. Hell, Shaq Wiggins ain't even got a, can't even get by in Bobby Petrino's system and freaking Todd Grantham's system up in Louisville. Coach Pruitt is a damn serious football coach, and he is he means business out there, buddy. And if you don't mean business, he is gonna he is looking for another guy. It's been a great spring so far, old dog. One last thing, man. Let's wrap this show up, but I want to hear. Where do you think we're at? Because everybody wants to know. I saved this to the end. Where are we at on quarterback, buddy? What do you think so far? Well, I think this is from from what I've seen so far. Um, I think probably of the three, I think Jacob Park is probably our best bet to win. The highest Um, upside. But, but also, don't you think he's? I mean, are you think he's ready Coach to play? Rick, I though? think we're probably going to end up with Bryce Ramsey. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Ramsey maybe makes fewer mistakes, but he's never going to curl your toes. I don't think you know. Jacob Park could curl your toes, and I don't think Jacob Park is going to do intentional grounding five times in a row. But he might get happy feet and throw the ball. You know, my, I mean, who? Uh, yeah, I, I just don't know. I just don't. But know. I mean, the, the biggest thing and what it boils down to is which one of them is best at handing off to Nick Chubb. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to say that. And you're right. You're right. Because that's I mean, because I mean, you know, it, it may not be fun, it may not be flashy, but that's how we're going to win the games that we need to win this year. But you know, old dog, there might be a day, there might be a day when we need the quarterback to help us win the game. You know, I understand that. And I'm not sure that Bryce Ramsey is that player. You know, I think Jacob Park, like I said, might have higher upside. I, I agree with you. I he would also feel... makes more mistakes, but man, he's a freaking baller. He's got swagger. You know, there's something about this Jacob Park kid. He's just weird, dude. He's not like he, – he's just weird. You have to see him to get it. You have to listen to him talk, but the dude is just weird. But he's a freaking baller. He's got – I hate to say it, but he's kind of like a – he's got a little of that damn Johnny Manziel kind of swagger to him. You know what I mean? Like he's just doing shit, just doing it, you know? But, um, I mean, I'm not saying he's like Johnny Manziel. I'm talking about on the field. That right. kind of just swagger, like, I think I can get it done. Whereas, you know, Bryce Ramsey just seems a little more corporate, a little more buttoned down, a little yeah. more professional, you know? But uh, anyway, we'll see. We're not going to find out more about the quarterback stuff until much later in the year, guys. Oh, no doubt about that. So, listen, Old Dog and I, we really appreciate you guys listening. Old Dog, you know, our email is dogcast at gmail.com. Our phone number is 706-363-0210. Old Dog, give us a word of wisdom going into Masters weekend, going into the G-Day. What do you think, man? What's the wrap-up? Wrap-up is less, less finish-up spring without any injuries. Let's get as many positions solidified as we can. Let's learn a lot. Uh, congratulations to the players for a new attitude, an attitude that they want to win and do what it takes to do that. Let's move forward, and let's hope one of those Georgia golfers can win the Masters. Go dogs. Go dogs.